cranberry. Pass the cranberry. <laughs> Boy, this is good. Hmm. Stuffing? Pass the stuffing over here. Sweet potatoes. <laughs> sweet potatoes. <laughs> That's better. And speaking of better, it just seems that every freaking year, the Bankadelic Banksgiving episode gets better and better. How do I know this? Well, I took a look at my shopping list and I saw five. Yeah, five incredible guests, all bringing lots of goodies to the table. Carrie Goodman, the Director of Financial Institution Management at True Stage Compliance Solutions. Denny Howell, the COO at Mahalo Banking. Robin Smith, Chief Revenue Officer at Praxent. Adrian Moisey, the Founder and CEO of Equilibrium. And Shelly Nishbach, Senior Vice President, Verification Services, Workforce Solutions, The Work Number. To chow down. On the food for thought. That's right, the food for thought. Because at Thanksgiving, it is really a good time to gather some of the greatest, some of the nearest, some of the dearest around the spread and talk. Here it comes, turkey. Oh, that was terrible. But the food's going to be good. The podcast is going to be even better. So here we are. Sit down. Grab a cuppa, as we like to say on Bankadelic, and let the feast begin. And here you all are, right around the bank's giving table. I wouldn't have it any other way. Before we kick off our conversation, I would love to know briefly, as you introduce yourselves and the companies you work with for our audience, what the most interesting or hair-raising Thanksgiving conversation was that you ever heard at the table or heard about. Hi, Carrie Goodman with TrueSage Compliance Solutions. We are a leading provider of financial transaction data analysis and compliant documents. We support products including lending, deposit, IRA, HSA, and treasury services transactions for the financial institution industry. So we provide our services to over 5,200 financial institutions across the country. I'm the director of FI management, and that includes all of our client-facing departments, which are responsible for delivery support and client success with our financial institution clients. I don't know that this example is either fascinating or hair-raising, but growing up in Metro Detroit, I have many memories of Thanksgiving conversations of disappointment over the Detroit Lions who play every year on Thanksgiving. So I think I heard they're at a five-year losing streak this year. So I don't know, maybe this will be the year that it's not a disappointing conversation around the Thanksgiving table. Or as we would say about the Chicago Cubs, maybe this will be their century. <laughs> Denny, you are up. 
Hey, Lou, this is Denny, COO at Mahalo Banking. We're an award-winning digital banking company. We provide deep integrations and thoughtful solutions to our credit unions and their members. For me, the hair raising is, you know, my grandma was always the one that made Thanksgiving dinner. It was always just a real big shindig. Once dinner was ready, she would always go sit in a rocking chair in the living room while everyone just filled up their plates. She would always come in and grab food last. Sadly, you know, not long ago, she passed away. But the first Thanksgiving after she passed, we all chipped in. We all made everything that she normally made. Not quite as good, of course, but, you know, we still did it right. As we all stood in line filling our plates, we kind of heard a little creaking sound. We all looked into the living room there and that rocking chair in the corner had slightly rocked back and forth like six or seven times. Now, I don't typically believe in ghosts, but I do think something was happening there. You know, it was a very strange day. I tend to think that things like that at the very least are possible and sometimes they do happen. So, wow, I'll look for the rocking chair to be moving back and forth this year. Robin Smith, an old friend returning here. Hey, Lou, great to see you and great to talk to you again. So, yeah, this is Robin Smith. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer of Praxent. Praxent is a professional services firm that focuses exclusively on financial services, financial services providers, fintechs, non-banks, banks, credit unions, providing full-stack development capabilities to help folks with their digital experiences. So, thank you for having us on the call today. Appreciate it. My Thanksgiving story, I think back on a friend of mine whose father was quite the practical joker in one particular Thanksgiving. He took all of the labels off of the Alpo dog food cans and replaced them with cranberry sauce labels and had quite the laugh when my friend's mother started opening up to get out the cranberry sauce and pouring it on a plate. And she actually just thought it was spoiled and so was going to serve it anyways, but thought better of it after the fact. My corgi. Suki, who's lying here right at my feet, would be absolutely thrilled about that. <laughs> roof, roof. <laughs> Raise the roof. <laughs> Adrian. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me on this podcast. My name is Adrian Moise, and I'm the founder and CEO of Equilibrium. We're one of the top digital agencies in Canada, and we focus on digital transformation and innovation in financial services. Our mission is to enrich people's lives by crafting remarkable experiences for the credit unions, members, and their staff. So one of the more recent conversation over dinner I had with my friends was on the topic of digital and rapid transformation that's taking place now. And obviously AI came out in our conversation and we saw that conversation going from this type of dark future portrayed like in Terminator movies in which men versus machine scenarios are taking place towards more of a lighter discussion, a happier ending in the end, more like an uplifting vision. Think about the matrix, right? In which humans and machines coexist, right? There is this symbiotic relationship. And I remember several of the conversation I had with CIOs just in the last few weeks in which AI is coming as something that's top of mind for them how members in particular emphasize they don't want to see AI taking away jobs, but a way to actually augment both the member and the staff experiences. Indeed. You know, when I think about Thanksgiving to this year, this is the first Thanksgiving in all of recorded history where a laptop 
can interactively help with Thanksgiving. ChatGPT. I have burned the turkey and I have absolutely no idea what to do. Can you help? <laughs> Maybe it'll suggest Alpo. <laughs> roof, roof. And Shelly, once again, back on Bankadelic. Great to have you. Hey, Lou. Thank you. Yeah, this is Shelly Nishbach, and I'm Senior Vice President in Verification Services. I work for Equifax. For all of our purposes, I'm going to focus on the division that I'm in, and that's the work number. And we supply employment and income information back out into the lending ecosystem to help lenders make great decisions and to help consumers get all of their financial needs met. My focus for your question on fascinating or hair-raising, I'm just going to stick with the old adage on staying away from religion and politics. No matter what you think you know about your family, it's best to steer clear, and I've learned that the hard way. So now we just focus on what we're all most thankful for. We gather around the table and make sure everyone has the opportunity to share what they are most thankful for, including the children, which usually provides great laughs. That is a great idea. And I have to tell you, when it comes to my Thanksgiving conversation, it was really odd that some years ago, the Thanksgiving conversation was about Thanksgiving conversation. <laughs> the idea that all of these people were coming home for the holidays bragging about how much money they were making on Bitcoin. And I think that was the first year where Bitcoin's value really, really shot up. So people were talking about this and it was sort of a question of, well, are these people just shooting their mouths off the way relatives do every Thanksgiving or were they trying to clue people into something all I know was that writing for U.S. News and World Report, I said that Bitcoin was a terrible investment. Who would ever put their money into it? And that was when it was about $700. <laughs> and the last I checked today, it's at $36,000. So I'll give you all the free financial advice you want around the Thanksgiving table. Anyway, moving on to real experts, I would love to tap your brains about the idea of celebrating and we try to keep it very positive on bankadelic sometimes we do share pointed opinions but by and large it's easy to miss the good stuff so i'd love to know with all the talk about inflation recession what is there to celebrate right now and be thankful for in financial services and the floor is open Hey, Lou, this is Shelly Nishbach, again, the work number. I'll go ahead and kick off for you. I think that, you know, this has been a tough year, and I am proud that this industry continues to lean in on how to best understand how to use consumer data to protect their consumers and still make really solid decisions that are helpful, right? So leaning into relationships, getting to know their customers better. I talk to lenders all day, every day, and making sure that the relationship's at the core. How do we leverage things like AI, you referenced that earlier, and the wealth of consumer data in ways that are transformational and helping our consumers meet their financial goals? I see that and that undercurrent is more and more consistent 
And I'm proud of our lenders and all of the ways that we're figuring out how to leverage information to help consumers achieve their goals. Yeah. Hi, this is Carrie Goodman from True Sage Compliance Solutions. Yeah, Shelly, I completely agree with you. And just to dovetail off of that, I think that this year we're seeing that the industry has continued some of the themes of the last few years of trying to stretch and grow in various areas and avenues of digital transformation. So, you know, we know it's a challenging rate environment. It's impacted loan growth, loan volume. But something that I've been seeing with some of our customers and clients is that it has presented an opportunity to focus resources on either implementing new technology solutions or optimizing solutions that they purchased over the past couple of years. So, you know, focus on refinement now with hopes of increased loan volume in 2024, hopes of continuing to find ways to engage with customers in 2024 with some of the additional capacity that they have right now. The other thing I'd say is, I think we see that deposits are having a moment in 2024, which is exciting and, and you know, desire to grow deposits this year. We're seeing new solutions emerge to help financial institutions attract new customers and grow their current customer base via digital deposit solutions and modern delivery channels. So I think both of those are really exciting things to be grateful for. Lou, this is Robin Smith from Praxin. I want to tack on to what both Shelley and Carrie said, because I think one of the things we can be very proud of at the financial services industry as a whole right now is that as technology has matured, you see most financial institutions really embracing it and really using innovation and technology to not only drive productivity, but also to drive enhanced customer experiences, member experiences, trying to bring to the financial services space the same kinds of experiences that customers have had with the likes of Amazon and Netflix and others that they've come to expect. So I think it's really a good moment within the financial services industry relative to usage of innovation and technology. And then I think the other two things I would tack on to that is that I see a lot of institutions really embracing diversity, DEI-type related activities, and also ESG initiatives. And so I think that's a great thing, not only for the institutions, but also for society as a whole, that you know they're not just sitting back and making money on technology and all the other things, but also giving back to the communities that they live and work in. So some really good things, I think, that we have to be proud of right now, given all the other pressures that are on the industry. This is Danny from Mahalo. Four people in a row, we are echoing this same sentiment, right? Digital transformation. For me, with all the fintechs and all the cool technology that's coming out to really help, you know, and you couple that together with people leaving that brick and mortar branch more and more and really going to digital. I've just been very impressed by the continued work, especially by credit unions in my industry, to really keep expanding those digital services for their members and kind of really making all those cool features, functionalities, and products just more readily available for really all of their members. This is Adrian Moise from Incolibrium. I think there is a lot to be thankful for, especially given the headwinds and the economic uncertainties. I find oftentimes that credit unions have this resilience, this need to persevere, and I see how scarcity drives innovation. So they have this mandate to achieve more with less, and they're looking into how can we use newer technologies to drive personalized digital banking solutions and deliver member empathy, but also attract and retain top talent by providing this type of remarkable experience for their staff too. So obviously we discussed this on how AI brings this 
you know, negative connotation about potential jobs that could be displaced. However, it also brings this idea about jobs that will become possible because of these new technologies like artificial intelligence. So we're seeing progressive financial institutions invest in upskilling their staff and using new technologies such as virtual reality training solutions that you know, have proven to be faster, more cost-effective, and also providing better engagement for their staff. And we started some of these projects and we're seeing a lot of excitement in terms of how this open-mindedness in the both employees and members to embrace and adopt this type of new digital solutions. Outstanding. I'm hearing everything here from digital transformation, which is really the theme, if you think about it, and AI to upskilling employees and making sure they can work in cooperation with the technology or more accurately that the technology can work in cooperation with them as they take on new challenges. So fabulous, fabulous. Now, I'm going to stress here that I do like onions a lot and I like crispy onions, but for some reason, and I think this person should remain <laughs> nameless. Well, she was my mother-in-law, but she would cook this crispy onion dish that it always looked way more promising than it was. I'd bite into it and I'd be like, uh, so I'm wondering along those lines, financially speaking, of course, what's the one side dish you could do without in terms of news that affects the industry? Lou, I'm going to take this one. This is Shelly Nishback again with the work number. In terms of side dish, <laughs> this really ties back to the last conversation that we had. We know that this has been a tough year and we all are looking for when that is going to ease and life gets back to more favorable conditions. The reality of lenders continuing to tighten the belt with this challenging rate environment, at the end of the day, consumers still have needs. I get it. it's critical for our lenders to make informed lending decisions. Now, how can that responsible lending materialize to the max benefit of all? We know consumers are more than just a credit score, especially when it comes to lending. And when we think about the millions of consumers that are excluded from credit, maybe because their file is thin or it's still in that you know invisible status, that doesn't mean necessarily that those consumers aren't viable prospects. They could be still, you know, just entering their credit journey. They could still be students. They could be new to the country. In my world, back to our last topic, using data and using it in an instant way, like instant income and employment, can provide the additional insights necessary to create that more complete picture. So adding income and employment information to that decision in an automated way can help qualify more applicants. So even though we're in a tough rate environment, even though we're in a tough economic posture right now, I believe that responsible lending to help max out the benefit for all is possible. Hi, this is Adrian from Equilibrium. And I think that's thought-provoking question, you know, picking that side issue of news to do without when it comes to impact on the financial services industry. If I were to choose 
probably right now, obviously, AI is a hot topic. And then these doomsday predictions regarding job losses to the technology advancement, especially AI and automation, I feel like while it is important to acknowledge the evolving job landscape, oftentimes these headlines are emphasizing, you know, this gloomy aspect while overshadowing the numerous opportunities that this technology brings to our industry. We started a company equilibrium from this idea of balance between human and digital, between experience and technology. So we believe that technology can be used strategically to augment human capabilities and open up new exciting roles with the finance. So instead of focusing from the perspective of job displacement, I'm looking into being a catalyst for actually upskilling employees and adapting and fostering a more dynamic and innovative financial ecosystem. So I propose an alternative and a focus on how can we collaborate with technology to create a future that benefits both the industry and its workforce. Hi, this is Carrie Goodman from TrueSage Compliance Solutions. If I can just piggyback off that, I agree with Adrian, and I think that a side dish I could do without is that talk track of AI as a replacement for human capital. I think especially in our industry, thinking about customer service and support areas, to think of AI replacing human capital there, I think is misguided. Where we'll find success is to find opportunities to leverage some of these generative AI opportunities to enhance our customer experiences. But I think that ultimately we need to provide multiple avenues for support, leverage AI where it makes sense, You know, whether that's in chat or other areas of support. But keeping opportunities for human interaction and engagement in the customer service and support areas, I think is going to be equally important to overall customer experience and satisfaction. Yeah, Lou, it's Robin Smith from Praxin. I'll jump in. I'll take it back to the food topic and I won't bring it back to Alpo, but if you're up north, you love stuffing. And if you're down south, like I am, you love dressing, but then there's always the green bean casserole and all that kind of stuff that comes along the sides. When I think about side dishes in our industry right now, probably the biggest one that I think of is what I'd call the market volatility casserole right between the markets and the ups and downs of the markets the rates that are you know all over the place right now and then you add into that the global conflicts that are going on that you know have an effect on everything from inflation to price and everything else i could forget about market volatility casserole in a heartbeat and move on but i think to what carrie and adrian both outlined as well and it goes back to the idea of using innovation and technology to advance and increase productivity i think ai is one of those classic examples that when you get into that discussion. It's an interesting discussion when you compare what academia is teaching and what scientists are teaching and warning against against what business people and financial services folks are looking at. And I was in a forum not too long ago where that debate was front and center between somebody on the academic side and somebody on the business side. And it was pretty much a consensus among all the business people that it is a productivity tool that we need to leverage. It's a productivity tool that will make a difference in the future. And not unlike what happened with the automation and farming back in the early 20th century, it's going to bring a lot of benefits. And as Adrian said, it's an opportunity for us to increase the knowledge of our workforce, increase the knowledge of our customers and our members uh, to help them be more efficient, more productive at their world. That would be a great side dish to add to 2024. And we'll have a different conversation, hopefully in November of next year. Hey, Lou, this is Danny from Mahalo. I'm going to take a bit of a right turn here, but 
for me, it's really the thought still out there of social media apps becoming financial institutions, as really Elon Musk has mentioned to talk about several times with X. Like to me, it raises a lot of questions. You know, how are they going to handle these regulatory challenges? What financial expertise do they really have? And really, what is that reputation and security risk? You know, I mean, these social media companies, they deal with a vast amount of personal data and they are often used for social engineering attacks already. So the addition of financial services could really make users more vulnerable to scams that really leverage their trust within these platforms. For me, it can really potentially disrupt this market, especially for that younger generation that I think, unfortunately, really are basing their lives and their trust in that social media. I just think it's a very scary and dangerous road to go down. Indeed. And the use of technology vis-a-vis -vis AI was a very, very hot topic when I was at Money 2020 this year in Las Vegas, and there is a lot of debate about it. One thing that I'm surprised people have overlooked because it is a branch of finance is the accounting industry. They went through all of this at least five years ago where it was more the branch of AI or the cousin, let's say, of AI, machine learning. Well, the machines are gonna take over and accountants won't be needed anymore. And people within the industry that were very intelligent said, well, a machine doesn't have sound professional judgment. All a machine can do is spit out what you feed into it. It may be able to do it a lot faster. It may be able to do it more precisely. But in the end, it takes people to make sure that the numbers that go in are right and that it's leading to a conclusion that makes sense. And with AI now in financial services, I mean, I absolutely agree with the idea that these are tools and we can utilize them to do incredible things, but it will always, always take humans to figure out how to apply those tools and then in turn free up brain space to take on new challenges. So the analogy mentioned earlier about farm tools, that's a great one, right? Well, the buggy whip makers are all going to be out of business with these newfangled horseless carriages. Well, they learned to do other things and survived quite well. Now, moving on to the last question, but in a way, the one that to me is the most special because it all gives you a chance to brag on yourselves a little bit. You wouldn't be on this podcast if you weren't moving the needle forward in big ways and it's a privilege to hear about that. Although if you want to highlight other things, that's totally fine. But here is the question as it stands, what have you been the most proud of to bring to the table in 2023? And with that in mind, what do you hope in terms of that making a difference? Yeah, Lou, I can touch on that one quickly. Again, this is Denny from Mahalo. I believe Robin, you know, touched on earlier about DEI inclusivity. And really for Mahalo and me personally, it's really the work we've done to become the first digital banking company that's offer a complete and comprehensive neurodiverse digital banking solution. You know, startlingly, these neurodiverse individuals, they've kind of really been marginalized and overlooked when it comes to digital banking design. Up to 20% of the population falls within these neurodiverse categories that include epilepsy, dyslexia, ADD, 
ADHD and autism. Then when you add on our left-handed population and our colorblind population, this percentage really gets up closer to 30%. What we've really done is we give all these members a unique experience by using colorblind themes. We fine-tune terminology, hierarchy, button text to really make it anxiety-reducing for our members with ADD and ADHD. We have dyslexia-friendly fonts for members who are dyslexic to make it easier for them to really engage with their credit union and their finances. Our goal is to really make sure that as credit unions are member-centric, we are truly offering them a way to 100% be member-centric. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's all I can say is wow. Lewis Robin Smith from Praxin. I'll jump on top of what Denny said because I think that's just fantastic work that they're doing. And it fits right in with some of the work that we're doing at Praxin that we're proud of in terms of some new accelerated digital design capabilities that we've brought to the table, both around traditional customer experience as well as payment designs and ways that we can help our clients help their clients do the kinds of things that Denny was describing. And then tightly coupled to that is the development of some accelerators in both our wealth management area around you know, giving credit unions and banks, you know, advanced capabilities quickly to compete with robo-advisors, as well as, you know, on the insurance side, some of the work that we're doing with some of the major policy management systems to help build accelerators for our clients that they can, you know, improve the experiences that they have for both their internal workers as well as their customers in the insurance space. So, yeah, a lot of exciting things going on around user experience, design, and acceleration of the digital transformation that most organizations are taking on right now. This is Carrie Goodman from TrueSage Compliance Solutions. This year, we've continued to focus on embedded compliance technology solutions. So embedded solutions that reduce risk for financial institutions, reduce barriers to reach their customers, and also improve that customer experience. So we've optimized our content for mobile use, looking to help banks and credit unions reach their customers wherever it is that they want to bank, streamlining content, getting greater flexibility into that content, and really allowing more ability to tailor the content for the products that are offered and create a better experience for the bank and credit union customers. And one product in particular that we've brought to market this year is a treasury management compliance document solution. It is the first of its kind, includes a master services agreement and enrollment and authorization form. And it allows financial institutions to move away from attorney-prepared service agreements, which has been how the industry has been operating. Those are difficult to maintain from a regulatory perspective and expensive to maintain. So we're really excited to bring that to market. And we believe that streamlining treasury management services will help financial institutions drive commercial deposits, attract a broader customer base, which is really important in 2023 and going into next year. So these products, they're quicker and easier to deploy and support, which reduces project fatigue, which we know has been a big buzzword this year. And something that I'm excited about that I think makes a difference here is all of this, that kind of ease of deployment and support, it gives our financial institutions more time to spend on value-added work and, and building relationships with their customers. This is Shelly Nishbach with the work number. What I'm most proud of is really the prospect of what we focus on. Our purpose is to help people live their financial best. And the work number has been able to do some of the things I talked about earlier, helping lenders during this difficult time. Instant and automated verifications of income and employment 
that help create that more holistic view of their applicants, it does a couple of things. It helps them operate efficiently. So without having that speed, right, the ability to function in a very fast-paced world when decisions have to occur in order to keep that consumer and capitalize on that opportunity, it's real tough to do if you don't have things like the work number embedded in your process. And having it embedded in your process helps reduce manual tasks, helps reduce errors. So again, we help our lenders be operationally efficient. And then in being able to do that, that great customer experience that comes with that speed. And so eliminating the need for engaging and burdening the consumer, still back to reducing that additional potential risk for the lender and consumer, we wrap our arms around helping lenders be able to be the lender of choice by leveraging technology. And of course, because we're in the environment that we're in, greatly applicable now with delinquencies on the rise, we also help our lenders see their customers as they navigate through their portfolio. So they can see things like job changes, they can be ahead of understanding what's happening in their consumers' lives by regularly reviewing the kind of information that we do provide. So the benefit to that is that they can see when their borrowers, when their consumers might be in a position of need. And so when they're armed with great information, our lenders then can decide what type of support they can provide their borrowers and navigate them through the tough waters so that they keep that customer for life. That could be providing you know, different dates of repayment or longer term payment plans, but it's helping navigate through difficult times, through the utilization of current information. The smarter we are, the faster we are in using our information, the better it is for everyone. Hi there, this is Adrian again from Equilibrium. So in addition to Thanksgiving and attracting dinner, I think strategic planning, it's another priority for people at this time of the year. So we are working with credit union leaders and on their business strategy plans for 2024 on how technology will be enabled for these goals. And we talk about AI and the transformation role it can have. Another disruptive, innovative technology is XR and the metaverse, which is held by companies like Citi as the evolution of the internet and a multi-trillion dollar opportunity. And what's exciting is that actually virtual reality and the metaverse can be one of the biggest consumptions for artificial intelligence. So at Equilibrium, where we focus on enriching people's lives by crafting remarkable experience for both credit union members and their staff, we are especially proud to have introduced groundbreaking VR training solution for the credit union staff. So this is not only transforming how we deliver training for the staff, but also indirectly it enhances the member experience because well-trained staff can provide more efficient and personalized services to members and ultimately elevates the member satisfaction. So we continue leading the digital transformation and innovation for credit unions and seeing a future where members can enjoy these seamless digital experiences in which the credit union staff is equipped with the skills 
and the knowledge that is required for them to continue to stay relevant and excel in their roles. This enhances both job satisfaction and job security. We dedicated to making a difference in the credit union, one remarkable experience at a time. That is absolutely fabulous. Somebody mentioned diversity earlier, and it's just really wonderful to get such a diversity of opinion and insight in the spirit of a diverse Thanksgiving table. I want to thank all five of you for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. Thank you very much, Lou. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. And there it is. Another Thanksgiving. You could say parting is such sweet sorrow, but hey, still got some pumpkin pie and whipped cream and ice cream and a lot of really tasty thoughts left behind my five great bankadelic guests we want to thank carrie goodman the director of financial institution management at true stage denny howell the coo of mahalo banking robin smith chief revenue officer at praxent adrian moisey the founder and ceo of equilibrium and shelly nishbach senior vice president verification services at the work number and we did it all late enough in the day that we don't have to worry about Uncle Mortimer crashing the party. In fact, if everything worked out just the way I planned it, Uncle Mortimer right now is showing up at a Motel 6 in Poughkeepsie instead of this table, because that's where I put the address for the invitation and You're playing on me. Oh, Mortimer. Yeah, I know. I'm delighted to see me, too. <laughs> and I brought a whole bunch of Uncle Mortimer specials. The best joke you ever heard. Oh, my God. Get a load of this. Last year, you, you did a really bad job stuffing the turkey in. I tried to tell you, you can't use a spoon to stuff a turkey. You need your stuffed fingers. <laughs> Let's not forget the very first people who sat down for the first Thanksgiving. They got really sick to their stomachs, right? They had to take those antacid pills. They were the first ones to do that. They were the pilgrims. <laughs> oh, my sweet Lord. Enough about Thanksgiving. You know, we'll have some leftover turkey, but we gotta be very careful about what we do if we fry it. Because if we do and it chars up, then we're gonna have a Black Friday! <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. I am going to kill him. Well, I am delighted that we had the guests that we had excluding Uncle Mortimer, of course, and that we were able to talk about subjects that matter. Eat all you want. Somebody will make more. want to thank some very special people, as ever, with this podcast. Our producer in Chicago, Ken Montone. 
Our posse in Atlanta, Georgia at the William Mills Agency, including the only person qualified to be the Tsarina of Bankadelic Podcasts, Catherine Laws. We love you, Catherine! We, of course, have our Bankadelic Consigliere, Prince of Men, King of Phone Tag, Mr. Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. And our podcast bros in London, England, with Dave and Darm Demystified, Dave Wallace, and Darmesh Mystery. Fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Special thanks, as always, to our sponsors, the William Mills Agency, Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. Until next time, and it's going to be sooner than you think, we'll be back with turkey legs in tow. Lou Carloza of Bankadelic, signing off. Bankadelic is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. Mmm. Cranberry. Pass the cranberry. Uh. Ugh.